0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you.
1: This is a final word Women's Ashes Daily with Daniel Norcross and. Henry Moran, an association with Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Henry, as we always do on the final word daily, well, as, as Jeff and Adam always do. Sum up this game in 30 seconds. Right then, well, started with Australia winning the toss,
0: putting England into bat. Positive action at the top of the order from Sophia Dunkley. England wobbled. They needed runs at the back end of the innings. Step forward, Amy Jones, her home ground. She walloped the ball to all parts. Got England north of that 150 mark. Would it be enough? Well, Beth Mooney at the top of the order played a brilliant innings. And just when it looked like Australia were gonna romp home, England fought back. Two wickets for Sarah Glenn. Wickets in the final over as well for Sophie Eccleston, but it wasn't to be. Mooney hit crucial runs. Australia get over the line to win by four wickets, as they seem to always do.
1: Yeah, I think that's spot on, and they do always do that. But, you know, amidst all of that, I think my big takeout, Henry, is that there were 19,527 people who were at Edgbaston today, and you and I... Well, we've been commentating together on women's test matches and women's cricket since Wormsley in 2014. We have. Where around about 800 people turned up the first day, and thereafter about 120 friends and family. Did you ever imagine that you would be in a place that was so rocking? In that last over, when Australia needed five to win, hitting the four off the first ball, needed one run from five balls, game over. Any other game, you sort of like, they all walk off, don't they? they stayed glued to their seats. They cheered every dot ball. It became mad when that wicket fell with, what was it, two balls to go after that. Mm. This place was an inferno. It was insane. It was just... Um, Goosebumpy. I almost had tears in my eyes. I almost cracked up on commentary.
0: Did you? And did yeah. you know another stat for you. Ten years ago to the day, July first, twenty thirteen, was when Nat Brunt made her England debut against Pakistan in Louth, Ooh. which is a tiny little place in rural Lincolnshire. I know.
1: I know Louth.
0: <laughs> Do you? Don't go. <laughs> and you think where that that was and where we are now. Where we are looking at a ground which is an international test venue, one of the most famous grounds in the world. 19,000 people are here,
1: absolutely loving every moment of it. England may not have won, but cricket won. Cricket did win. I mean, let's be clear that the uh, situation now is that the England women have uh, lined up a bunch of Jaeger bombs in the Last Chance Saloon. That is what they will have to be binge drinking if they are going to get through this alive. Um, why, don't, why, why, don't we, why don't we continue? Go, go for it. Run, run, run. Yes. Um, well, we're on, we're on the balcony here and yeah. they're, de-rigging. they're Ca- de-rigging cameras all over so the So this will happen quite a bit, I should imagine, over the next seven or eight minutes. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I've entirely lost my train of thought. But what I wanted to say was, with England needing to now, they've got to win four and tie one or win the remaining five. So it's highly unlikely you'd expect Australia's women to, to win the Ashes. But I don't think that'll detract from the spectacle because what we saw here today was two sides were really close together. And we were in the world... T20 in South Africa and it was a common refrain that Australia are beatable and you say well how come because they sort of win every game but they were winning it by really ever decreasing margins mm. they could have lost that semi-final if Harmon Preet hadn't got a bat stuck and Jamima Rodriguez hadn't played one of the most stupid shots to have been played by somebody other than an English male batter at Lords <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, so you sort of found yourself thinking my God it, it, that was such, a, such the heartbreak whereas an England Again, contrived to lose a humdinger to Australia at the start of the Ashes at Edgebaston, but it was tiny margins. It was when Lauren Bell, for me, took that wicket. Australia needed 14 from nine balls, and her first ball's a half tracker gets hit for four. Her last ball's a um, a half volley that's driven up and over the top by Beth Booney, who was exceptional today, as she so often is, undemonstrably anchoring australia to victory but if that's not a half track if that's a dot ball then suddenly sophie eccleston could quite easily have 10 runs to play mm. with in that last over and she is a very hard bowler to hit 10 runs off and england could have come back from what was pretty much the dead wasn't it i mean yeah. uh, th- this is the thing about australia they're not as dominant as you think when they needed 32 or four with all those wickets in hand surely they should cruise to victory but you know they don't always
0: I know. It's extraordinary. Hold me close to tiny margins. It was just so close. Also, you look at the sort of key clutch moments and it just feels that like England had a little bit of pizzazz about them. tonight. Ooh. I thought when England lost those wickets and the innings was rather drifting away, I thought, well, hold on a minute. They need someone to step forward here. And Amy Jones, home ground, does exactly that. Plays brilliantly well. Her highest score in white ball cricket against Australia.
1: Uh, 25th attempt. Yeah. 40 40 off 21 balls. Huge six into the Hollies. Yeah, that's a moment.
0: For for someone from this part of the world, that must have been a lovely old job. But (laughs) what the disappointing part for for the series is, is now we do have this must-win situation for England. It's going to be very hard for them to, uh, to win five matches, all those four matches, and the tie. The only thing I would say, which is a crucial element to all of this, is that I think Australia and England... England are closer together now than they have been previously. I think Australia are good, of course they are, but they are beatable and that is absolutely vital to not just this series, but actually the yep. world order of women's cricket because you need to have competition, you need to have good games where you sense that there could be a little bit of jeopardy. Yes, Australia haven't lost a T20 international since March 2021, it's an obscene <laughs> record, it's
1: absolutely outrageous. We've had at least three Prime Ministers since then. Ooh. Yeah, had three promises in a week, it felt like. Uh, yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. The, the teams are getting closer. India are getting closer. And England got much closer today. Uh, a couple of things to note on wh- how they did, I thought, was that they ran much better between the wickets than they did in the World Cup, did England. And they also fielded much better. Uh, Sophie Eccleston, who's frankly a touch of a liability in the field in South Africa, she made some stunning boundary saves. It was brilliant to see that England had taken on board that memo which is they've got to get fitter, they've got to get faster, they've got to try and match the intensity of Australia's approach. But ultimately, you know, what England do lack is a bit of pace. And you looked at the experience and the pace that Australia had in their attack, they had nine bowlers. You know, Ash Gardner bowling her spin, yes, but I'm thinking more about Annabelle Sutherland, Talia McGrath, Darcy Brown coming at you. It it was sort of relentless, and in that power play, England didn't quite get away, did they? Sophia Dunkley, although she got her half-century, fantastic for her to do so, it didn't. It was never really fluent because she was kept tight by what is a fairly remorseless Australian attack. They don't look necessarily in wicket-taking threats, but they don't bowl bad balls. And if there is a difference between the two bowling attacks, I think it's the callowness of England's attack. And then they occasionally bowl bad balls. And I think because they lack that experience, there's a strong case to be made for getting Kate Cross in isn't there yes I mean I don't want to single any of England's bowlers out it's not fair but you're gonna I am gonna I think ultimately if you're gonna get Kate Cross in you've got to take somebody out obviously and to me I thought Danny Gibson performed really well on debut bowled lovely heavy ball and she bowled fewer bad balls so I'm afraid I'd be looking at Freya Davis for the next game and thinking I've got to get the wisdom and experience of Kate Cross in there I know they don't think she's a great death bowler She doesn't have to bowl that much at the death. If you're bowling Eccleston at the death and you're bowling Bell at the death, then what is that? Is that, what, the 18th over we're asking about? Is that all that is? Yeah. I'm I'm going with Crossy.
0: I think you're probably right. Australia remind me a bit like that video you sometimes see of the ice cream seller who is presenting the ice cream and then we will do a trick and take it away from you just when they're about to hand it to you Mm -hmm. and it comes to you and then it's taken away and then they do a little flip and turn it around and you just think every time you think you're going to get the ice cream they take it away and it's really annoying Australia feel like that to me it's every time you think we've got them here we're going to win this game I just somehow contrive to get a victory and it's, it's almost like you just need as an England side to have that moment of fortune Mm. Something going for them. Or if you're India, that moment of luck, Sahama Preet's bat doesn't jam in the ground. Or if you're South Africa, you have a wonderful day out. And someone beating Australia will mm. change everything. If it's England, all the better for the 19,000 or 20,000 that were here this evening. But Australia, I think,
1: are beatable. They're brilliant, but I do see vulnerability. I'll tell you where these moments of luck could come from. They could come from very big friend of the programme, a very big friend of us, a brilliant woman and splendid umpire, Anna Harris! will you stop giving umpires calls which incidentally are out so they're not bad decisions but umpires calls against England and for Australia in the test match she didn't soar off but, but, (laughs) but she did give Emma Lamb and Heather Knight out and both of those could have been not out yes and today Ash Gardner got away with one at a crucial moment didn't she and it was shown to be umpire's core. Cool. These tiny margins are going with Australia. And I do think that it behoves umpires to take a look at the game and say to themselves, I am going to err on the side of helping the weaker team. Obviously, you can't do that. That's good. Forget that. I don't really mean it. <laughs> but but you know what I mean? It's like, well, it's you just... know, you need things. You need everything to go right for you if you're going to beat the best team in the history of women's But cricket. you do make your own luck as a great yeah. team. And sometimes you just have to accept the brilliant teams
0: seem to get the lucky breaks because they're brilliant teams and they just get those little one percenters and that's what sees them over the line. So, you know, Australia are phenomenal. They're wonderful and all credit to them for being all conquering and winning absolutely everything.
1: Can we just briefly before we move on to the Hall of Fame talk Beth Mooney and Talia McGrath. That partnership, superb. Woof. Really was woof, wasn't it? I mean, Talia McGrath is a generational cricketer. She hits a ball so far and when she and Beth Mooney are together, you are just like, how do you bowl at them? I mean, Beth Beth Mooney never looks like she's going to give it away, you know. And you don't really remember necessarily many of her shots. It was one, her most perfect shot was a, just a brilliantly judged glide down through deep third at a crucial moment. But it always happens just when the scoring rate's getting out of hand. I remember as it was about to tick over to nine, that's when she found a really great shot of invention. It's like within the game, she is just sort of perfection and knowledge and wisdom and a know-how just come to the come to the fore street smarts i guess
0: yeah experience experience of winning finding ways of winning and it's all part of the overall package of this australian side right
1: then hall of fame it's the hall of fame so hall of fame we've got to pick out our moment of the day or moments of the day i'm going to begin on per- an entirely personal note grace harris i think she is a terrific player we don't see enough of grace harris in my view she hits a mean ball she didn't get a chance to bowl today i think as i said to bbc test special listeners she is a player for whom this coliseum was an appropriate stadium for her to show her gigantically magnificent talent and she was bowled first ball, having just walked out <laughs> singing along to
0: living on a prayer <laughs>
1: which I enjoyed that was booming around the
0: stadium
1: yeah. so that's what you're going for yeah that's my hall of fame um, largely because I, I really I genuinely uh, was, I wasn't pleased for her I wanted her to do well because I think she's a great player but um, it was just one of those things when this huge anticipation happens and how she walks and it was a, quite a crucial moment in the game and when she got out and those zing bales lit up that not just a holly stand every stand around it erupted and it, that was a moment you kind of knew my god This is a serious event we're at today.
0: For me, I'm going to go for a a more sort of, I suppose, human level. Amy Jones, home ground, Mm. and she's recently suffered a family bereavement, and this would have been a huge occasion for her. Her whole family were here. Her wonderful partner, Piper Cleary, who plays in the 100, a Western Australian cricketer, she was here as well. Amy Jones whacking the ball into the holly's sand Mm. at her home ground, given everything over the last few months. I thought... Lovely moment, what a beautiful thing. And so on a human level, it's not quite got the, uh, the Grace Harris factor, but I thought on a personal level for her, that must have been a lovely thing.
1: I think it's lovely you've gone for that. And uh, I, I should probably have been more generous. I went for poor old Grace getting out first ball <laughs> and the entire crowd erupting. Um, but I think they're two worthy moments. In what is, ultimately, I think we've got to both agree, Henry has been an incredible occasion for women's cricket in this country. I know Australia had the great MCG World Cup final, but I don't think they've experienced an Ashes match like this. I know England has never experienced a women's ashes match like this. And um, what privilege it was to work in it. And you were on the telly today. Yeah, I know, how about that? I had my makeup done and everything. Did you?
0: Yeah I was in at 6 AM because frankly you
1: can't polish a turd but you can roll it in, <laughs> in glitter. On that note from Henry Roman good game good game that's Daniel Dawkins standing in on the final word Women's Ashes Daily it's goodbye until the next time whenever that may be I ain't freezing and I ain't George Benson I ain't protected brother the ain't fence if my future questions my current senses that'd be the same we've been doing for centuries sorry if I ran to empty broke this so you know what I meant here I had to go about it